Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. JP Shadrick with you. It's Friday, May 22nd. We've made it another week. And this is our weekly look at the best of Jaguars broadcast and digital shows from the past week, including this week, former Jags linebacker Paul Pazlesny figuring out a career after football. Two-time MVP quarterback Kurt Warner comparing his career path to Gardner Minshew. And CBS Sports play-by-play announcer Ian Eagle sharing where he was at the start of the COVID-19 sports shutdown and the path ahead. Let's start this week with a discussion of quarterback Gardner Minshew II. His development is the most important piece of the story, not only for the 2020 Jaguars team, but for the franchise's next five to ten seasons as well. If he plays well and shows he can be a franchise quarterback, then great. If not, then the Jaguars could make a move in the 2021 draft with some big names coming out next year. Thursday, the at QB Country Twitter account posted a 54-second video of Minshew throwing in drills at one of their sites. Our first look at anything Minshew has done on a field with a football this offseason. So, as expected, the social media world ate it up. Social media wasn't quite a thing yet when NFL Network analyst Kurt Warner was playing. Warner's rise to a starting role was similar to Minshew's, and Brian Sexton got the two-time MVP to provide his take in a Zoom conversation. So here's Gardner Minshew, six-round pick, no expectations for him last year, and the high-dollar quarterback, Nick Foles, goes down with an injury. From your experience, what is it like to be a guy who nobody, A, knows all that much about, and B, has any expectations of heading into the season? Well, I mean, there's always a couple different ways to look at it. You know, in my situation, it was a little different because, you know, at the time I was 28 years old. And so I knew this was it for me. And so even though there may not have been high expectations around me, I knew I had to play well early or I would, that was probably my last shot to play. And so that made it a little bit different. I think a guy like Garner who came in last year, I don't think anybody expected anything. I think he exceeded expectations. They excited about him, you know, as you mentioned, ready to kind of hand the keys over to the car, at least for this year, to him. But I think there's, there's automatic pressure that comes with any team handing you the ball and saying, okay, you're our guy. You're our guy at the most important position on the football field. You're going to have to play well for us to win. I mean, it just – it doesn't happen any other way with the way the NFL is, is shaped right now. And so – um, although I don't think the expectations are extremely high that, you know, that it can necessarily weigh him down. Um, I think anytime you're a guy that nobody expects anything from and you've been given an opportunity and you want to jump into that opportunity and excel, you want to hold on to that opportunity. And so I think that's going to be the balancing act for Gardner is, is to understand, play within yourself, be who you are. But at the same time, I know you want to play well so you can hold on to this job and prove to the Jags I deserve to be your franchise quarterback. So balancing that out and being able to, to be yourself and let the game come to you, uh, I think is always the best advice, but it also can be the toughest thing to do because, um, you know, it's tough to wait. When you get that chance, you want to go out there and set the world on fire and let everybody know, hey, this is my job to keep. Really good perspective there from Warner. The full conversation available on Jaguars.com. Now to the weekly Ozone podcast, available on the official Jaguars podcast network or jaguars.com. This week, senior writer John Ozier visited with former Jags middle linebacker Paul Pazlesny. He hung it up after the 2017 season, but since then, he's been trying to figure out a path after football. 
I know you, you said it's, it's, it's odd for you. It's very odd for me <laughs> not, to be, not to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. It still feels, I mean, this is going on, you know, once this season starts, it'll be year three away from the game, but it still feels different. And it's been, a, it's been an interesting process trying to figure out what's next. You know, once, once I stopped playing, I started a graduate school program to get my MBA um, in an effort kind of just to learn what else is out there. I, I had a great opportunity to, in my first year out of ball to work um, at Malone Air Charter, l- local air charter right. company that, um, you know, just a chance to be around aviation and aircraft and be surrounded by great people. And that was, that was an unbelievable opportunity. I loved every day of it. And, and that and was now, a passion for you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've right. always, you know, I always loved everything about aviation. You know, my, my father was a, a longtime aircraft mechanic for US Air and then American was always around in some aspect. And I guess I just wanted to learn more. You left that to go pursue graduate school. I was doing, doing both. Okay. Started graduate school and, and was doing that. And then actually I, another opportunity came up that had, that was more geared toward, I guess my educational background. That was with TIA bank. So I'm actually with okay. TIA right now. I was joking with you beforehand. I, I wanted to stay connected to the Jaguars in, in some way. So um, it took the, the corporate relationship, but the, another thing, great people, um, awesome learning experience. And, and I, I love what I'm, what I'm doing. And it's, uh, it's more associated with, with my education and the MBA program that I'm in. So it's been an unbelievable experience. The Ozone Podcast runs each Monday and next week, a current Jaguars defensive back makes an appearance. We move now to a couple of new faces for the Jaguars, starting with running back Chris Thompson, who was recently signed as a free agent. He's expected to be a third-down type running back and could be used a number of different places in coordinator Jay Gruden's offense. That's a big reason why Thompson is here, in fact. He explained his background and relationship with Gruden in a media video conference this week. Jay is, I I would say he's one of the biggest reasons why I was able to uh, have the success that I had in Washington and, and to be able to stick around there. Um, cause the first year he got there, I was on practice squad. So while well, I ended up being put on cut and put on practice squad, um, he talked to me, um, afterwards for a while after, uh, that last preseason game and just kind of, um, you know, told me what the situation was. And, and, you know, he let me know from day one, he was like, look, um, I know it's going to be a hard year for you. And, um, you know, you're probably mad and upset at everybody because you got cut. But he was like, I want you to come back here because I feel like, you know, I know the type of player that you can be. And I feel like you're going to be a, a a bigger part of the future here um, at Washington. And I, I know you'll be able to have a, a, a great impact on on this team and on guys, uh, guys on the team and had that talk with me. And I really appreciated that. And that was one reason why I ended up going back. Or, or coming back and just spending that practice squad year, um, it was tough. But just having him and knowing that he had my back, it, it really meant a lot. And throughout this whole process, all my time there in Washington, I mean, he believed in me. He gave me every single opportunity uh, that he possibly could. So, um, you know, me going here, coming here to Jacksonville with him being one of I guess two guys because Eifert is here that's familiar with his offense. I think it'll be it's good for me and him to be able to help you know the younger guys be able to grasp this offense and and know what also Jay is expecting from from his playmakers. 
How new look will this Jags offense be? We'll find out come training camp and the regular season. There could be some new looks on the defensive side, too. One of the additions in free agency was outside linebacker and defensive end Cassius Marsh. Could this Jaguars defense move to more 3-4 looks this year than in years past? Marsh explained his history playing outside in a 3-4 defense and how he could help the rest of the group adjust. Where do you kind of see your role in that? And, and can you help uh, some of those guys that, that really haven't played in it before kind of get the hang of it? I'm just going to, uh, you know, I'll be playing the Sam and uh, going to work my, my hardest to, uh, to compete and uh, hopefully earn a starting job uh, at the same position and, uh, and, and bring my best every day. You know, I think that, um, you know, I think it's a great opportunity and it's a great defense, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to the challenge. For me, I came, I came into the league um, on a team that was super deep with defense alignment and pass rushers and um, just, just good edge players. You know, they, they had an each one teach one, uh, mentality where the vets really um, took took young guys and, or any guy who needed help under the wing, and so whatever knowledge that uh, that I have that I feel I can help guys, I, I'm always open to sharing it and you know helping whoever needs help. So I'm looking forward to getting out there and, and getting to know my teammates better. Plenty still to come on the Jaguars broadcast week in review presented by TIAA Bank, including CBS Sports play-by-play announcer Ian Eagle looking back to the start of the pandemic and Jawan Taylor and Quincy Williams' battle for supremacy in the latest edition of Jaguars Throwdown. All that and more after these words. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review presented by TIAA Bank. Another edition of The Hunt debuted this week on Jaguars YouTube and Jaguars.com. It's an inside look at the Jaguars football leadership, and the latest installment started at the shutdown in mid-March, and it continued through the 2020 NFL Draft. It takes you inside the homes of Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone leading up to the draft, and behind the scenes once the 12 players were selected. With the ninth pick... In the 2020 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select C.J. Henderson, defensive back, Florida. How's it feel staying home in the state of Florida? Feels great. Well, I'll tell you what, I think that might be the best pick the Jags have made in a long, long, long time. So I know they're going to be thrilled and everybody in Florida is excited to have you at home. Hey, we're excited about you coming in. We're looking for great things out of you. With the 20th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, we're going to make this pick here, and we're going to make you a Jaguar. How do you feel about that? Feel great. Feel great. The Jacksonville Jaguars select Clavon Chason. We feel that you can be a dominant force. Really believe that. And that's why, that's why we picked you. That's why we want you to come in here. We want that attitude, those practice habits. Get fired up, man. Yes, sir. Get fired yes, sir. up. Jacksonville Jaguars select LaVisca Chenault. Well, I'm not stopping right now. I'm just going to keep on leveling up. Devon Hamilton. I appreciate you for giving me the opportunity. Well, you earned it. So let's continue there, right? 
Yes, sir. We're excited about you. I mean, you hear everything that we, we like. Tough, you know, doing all those things. The Hunt, available now on Jaguars.com and the Jaguars YouTube channel. On to Jags Drive Time, Tuesday mornings on the Jaguars social channels. Ashwin Sullivan, John Osier, and Brian Sexton always dig into the Ozone Mailbag. Let's go all the way to Nashville, Steve. Can you describe new Jaguars offensive coordinator Jay Gruden's style of offense and how it does or does not mesh with our current roster, John? Well, this is always tough because people want to take an offense like you're playing Madden and take it and drop it down into another team's personnel. The reality is offenses evolve. The West Coast offense, which started in, what, the late 70s, early 80s, is not the West Coast offense it is now because it evolves every year. So it's a West Coast-based scheme. John Gruden runs it. Jay Gruden runs it very similar. It's about getting the ball out quickly, timing passes. Uh, It's about being able to run effectively early so you can play action off of it. And people listen and they'll say, well, that sounds a lot like a lot of offenses. Well, yeah, you don't necessarily see this unbelievable change in how teams play because it's still dictated to what the quarterback does well, to what the players do well. But that's the gist of it. And, you know, if if Minshew is able to grasp it, which he's a smart guy and can grasp, then I think they'll use a lot of the offense. If not, then they'll scale it back. But... I don't know if, if if in this day and age it's necessarily fair to say, well, this offense doesn't fit this personnel. It's going to be about how it meshes. It's going to be about what Keenan wants to do with the wide receivers, what McAdoo wants to do at quarterback. It becomes a acumen, as Brian would say. It becomes a dictionary back out. A group process. The only thing I can add to that is when he was in Cincinnati, I recall he was very good at using personnel groups to get mismatches, right? In this league, you scheme players, not schemes. And he was very good at scheming players to get certain guys in certain matchups to get them open. That was something that John Gruden talked about when he did games that involved his brother. Uh, So it sticks in my mind. John's absolutely right. His offense will look different in Jacksonville than it did in Washington and Cincinnati because the players are different. But one thing that you can count on is he's a guy that will use different personnel groups to get the matchups he wants incredibly effectively. Every offensive coordinator wants to do that, talks about doing that. Some are better at it than others. I, I, My understanding is he's one of the guys that's really good at that. We shall see what it looks like, hopefully, coming soon. The Ozone Q&A written piece runs every morning on Jaguars.com, and Jags Drive Time airs Tuesdays with an archive available in this podcast channel. We move to Jaguars Throwdown, presented by Publix. A battle for supremacy between teammates. The players this week, offensive lineman Jawan Taylor and linebacker Quincy Williams. The judge, Ashlyn Sullivan. Jawan, 20 seconds to tell me what word would describe the 2019 draft class. Uh, amazing. Uh, we, you know, we all got there on the field and got the chance to play. Um, I feel like we all did great. Of course, Josh, Quincy, me, um, Josh Oliver, Josh, uh, Josh Allen, Gardner, all of us, we did great. So um, it was good to see all of us get out there on the field and play together. Time. Perfect. 20 seconds. Your word's amazing. Quincy, 20 seconds. What word would you use to describe the 2019 draft class? Sensational. Cheesecake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a future fan also, so I had to shout out to my boy Future, you feel me? But uh, yeah, I say sensational because like you said, everybody got a chance to play. Um, 
big factors. Of course, my boy miss you coming in, miss you magic. Uh, so sensational. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes, Jawan, just additives. He he just picked a better word. Round one, Good go to Quincy. Sensational. <laughs> the winner this week, Quincy Williams. We're looking forward to the next edition already. And we wrap this week with Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. It airs Thursday at 4 o'clock on 1010 AM in Jacksonville and the Jaguars' social channels. This week, we caught up over Zoom with CBS Sports, Westwood One Radio, and NBA television play-by-play announcer Ian Eagle. He's a longtime voice of the New Jersey and now Brooklyn Nets and has covered the NFL on CBS since 1998. He has a unique multi-sport perspective to this whole shutdown, starting with when it all went down in mid-March. Where were you when the shutdown started? What do you remember about that day, and where were you working? Yeah, JP, I was in San Francisco. I had just worked a TNT game, the Warriors against the Clippers, and I actually stayed in the Bay Area because the Nets were coming in to play the Warriors two nights later. First game was on a Tuesday night. I knew that I had Wednesday off. And walking around San Francisco that day, normally a lot of hustle and bustle, and there was nothing happening. It was very surreal. I changed hotels, and I walked about three-quarters of a mile with my luggage on wheels, and there was nothing happening. Very strange. And then later that night, that Wednesday night, the president spoke to the country, talked about the travel restrictions, and then about two hours later, Rudy Gobert was announced, uh, had tested positive for coronavirus, NBA shut down. I jumped on a red-eye flight immediately to get back to the New York area. My family was all spread out. My wife and my daughter were in Australia where my daughter was studying. My son was in L.A. So that initial reaction was very personal of trying to get everybody situated and back home. And then the professional side started to come into focus. Atlantic 10 Championship, I was supposed to work that Sunday. Canceled. NCAA tournament, canceled. Obviously, we know what happened with the NBA, and uh, we are still feeling that domino effect today. The NFL, business as usual, but we know that there's some trepidation moving forward as to whether or not they're going to be able to start on time and play the games at the schedule that they just announced recently. Ian Eagle with us. Uh, You touched on it a moment ago, the NFL. You know, everything in this offseason has – pretty much gone business as usual, at least scheduling-wise. They've had the draft. They did it virtually. The off-season program's going on right now, virtually, nothing on the field. They announced the schedule, for goodness sakes. That went out uh, without a hitch. But now the question moving ahead is what happens around training camp, and do they have to start paring games down, games without fans? It's all a big question. Nobody has an answer right now. But right so far, it's been so good. But you get the kind of feeling that it might not last that long. JP, the, the greatest advantage that the NFL has had is time on their side. This happened to coincide with their offseason. And although there might have been some people initially that thought it was a bit tone deaf, the reality is after the reaction that we saw from the NFL draft and the people around the country, it was welcomed. And it was a nice distraction. We understand where sports fits in to the grand landscape. We miss it, but it is not the top priority. The top priority is getting our country and our society back up to speed. But sports plays a role in that. It certainly covers a lot of jobs and the economy is affected by it. 
And I think just the general uh, demeanor of people are affected by it in a positive way if sports is involved. So the NFL did fill a void, but they're now facing grander questions. And that's how do you continue with an off-season program? You can do it via Zoom. You can have meetings. Uh, that works short-term, but eventually the physical part comes into play and you've got to get your players ready and you have to practice. There's no sport in my mind out there that requires more of the repetition and the practice in order to do your job well and in order to avoid injury. So it's interconnected in that manner. The way the schedule is set up, they could push it. They could move it and shift it and they could shorten it. That's not their goal. Their goal is to play a 17-week schedule, 16 games for each team, still respecting the bye, but understanding they might have to come up with an alternative if we're not at a point where the safety measures are in place to have 53 players on a team and a practice squad and everybody accounted for day in and day out at a facility. You can limit the amount of people going in, but let's face it. Uh, when players go back home, you don't know uh, who they are connecting with and uh, who they are interacting with. So I think that's where the jigsaw puzzle is going to get very challenging for the league. A lot of players, a lot of people and staff involved in the NFL, more so than any other sport. Our thanks to Ian Eagle for his time and insight this week. Plenty more coming in the weeks ahead as we continue in the virtual off-season program. Catch all the Jaguars news, video, and audio on the official team website, jaguars.com. Thanks to all our contributors this week, and thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars broadcast Week in Review, presented by TIAA Bank. <laughs>